Welcome to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Now, here's your host, founder and CEO of Rogue Preparedness, Morgan. Hi, everyone. Morgan here, and you are listening to the Rogue Preparedness Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. So with everyone thinking about homesteading and, you know, possibly going off grid, I wanted to make today's podcast specifically about how, you know, our journey was of going off grid. And homesteading and off-grid living, you know, so many people have different ideas about it. So whenever you hear of the phrase off-grid, I think what most people think of is no conveniences. You don't have like any electricity. You don't have like any running water. You don't have anything, right? That is not how we wanted to live our off-grid life. And that's, I don't think that's, that's how you have to live your off-grid life if you don't want to. Now, if that's how you want to live it, you know, you want to live it back in the 1800s or something where you didn't have electricity, you're doing everything by candlelight, you know, you, you, um, you know, you don't, you have to have like a root cellar permanently, you know, for your only type of, you know, cold storage, that kind of thing, you know, and then in the winter, if you live in a very wintry place, that's going to be your cold storage, you know. Um, And, you know, that's fine. If those are the ways that you want to live your off-grid life, that's totally fine. But there's huge, huge misconceptions about off-grid living. Our off-grid living was, we had everything we ever wanted. I use a KitchenAid. I, you know, we watch TV. We still have cell phones. We have internet. Um, You know, we had everything. Um, We had a a fridge and a freezer. We actually had another big standing freezer. We had all these things. And, you know, we had whatever we wanted. If we wanted to make sure that it was charged, then we made sure we was charged with our solar. And eventually we wanted to get wind to just supplement, you know, if there were like cloudy days or, um, you know, rain, things like that. Um, the solar just didn't, you know, solar really does need that um, straight light. You know, it needs that really focused, good light. It can get a little bit of light from cloudy days, but not very much. Like, you know, if you're getting you know, on average, a thousand watts, you know, when it's real sunny out, you may get like, you know, a hundred or 200 watts when it's really cloudy, maybe, you know, and that's a really good cloudy day. But, uh, you know, when it's raining and stuff like that, you get almost nothing. And so, um, you know, plus then you're gonna have to clean off the the panels. Anyway, my point is, um, you still need other sources of energy or, um, you know, we didn't have just the solar, we had our batteries with the solar and that whole setup. So we had our batteries to rely on, but we also had a generator that would charge our batteries when it was those cloudy days and stuff. But also, you know, we wanted that wind power so that that could help supplement on those cloudy days and things. Um, But yeah, so these are all things that you can think about. A lot of people think about hydro, but with hydro, it's so hard because you need a really, you know, constant flow of water, you know, but if you're near a stream, you know, like if you have a nice stream on your property, you need a heavy, constant flow of water. It's not just like, oh, you know, I can, I can, uh, you know, get my tiny little creek and, you know, the tiny little runoff from there is going to provide enough power. No, like 
you need quite a bit. I mean, look at dams and stuff, you know, and the electricity that's being produced from them. That's a ton of water coming through there. It's not like, you know, tiny little trickles. Hydro needs quite a bit of a heavy, constant stream. So if you do have something like that, great. You know, hydro is definitely an option, but it's definitely not going to be an option for a lot of people. Uh, it's just not really feasible for a lot of areas. Uh, for a lot of homesteads is what I mean. Um, and so what I, what we did is we just had solar and that worked really well for us in Arizona. And then when we were in Alaska, we had, we did have the solar, but we used our generator a lot. We did, we actually didn't even get our solar up until like the end of summer, which was really ridiculous. Um, but we, well, we got, we got everything, we got the batteries and the charger and the inverter up, but we didn't get the actual solar panels up until end, end of summer, which was silly, very silly. But, uh, but that's, that's how we did it. Anyway, um, so yeah, so when you are off grid, you are controlling your own energy. You're controlling your own water supply. You're controlling all these things, right? And that's what I love about being off grid. You know, like if the power goes out, in fact, that actually happened a couple times um, living off grid. The power went out and we had no idea that, you know, people's power were out until like we went to the, we went to the local gas station to get, I think, some gas for a generator. Just we like to have extra gas for a generator. We didn't use it that much in Arizona, but anyway, we, uh, we got the extra gas and uh, the power was out at the at the local convenience store. We were like, oh, what, what's happening? And they were like, oh, the power's out, the power's out in the whole county. And we were like, oh, <laughs> I had no idea. So that was pretty cool. It was like, like it was kind of like a really cool validating feeling, you know, like, mm, well, we're off grid. We have everything we need, you know, <laughs> like, um, but, you know, I mean, you can have your own, you, you don't even... Okay, let me start over. I think that everyone could have their own off-grid system and you don't even have to use it until the grid actually goes out. And then you could you could activate it, that kind of thing. There are, you could actually get the whole setup. You can get your solar panels, all these things. And then, you know, you could use it after, you know, lights go off. You can still be connected to the grid and all that. But as long as you have your batteries, the charge controller, the inverter and all that stuff, you know, um, ready to go, you can just, you know, get that, get that going when the power goes out and you could have that. Uh, you could also have solar generators, gas or propane generators. Um, you could have, uh, what else? Any type of generator. You could have the whole house generator, like a whole house diesel generator. Those are awesome. You could have a whole house propane generator. Those exist too. Um, you know, you could have a whole house generator system, but remember you have to do also store those fuels. You know, off-grid living, we still stored fuels. You know, we had a, uh, a Honda, very efficient generator, but we still stored, you know, gas. And then we also uh, had propane, like we used a propane stove, you know, and propane, uh, not all propane th things are very efficient, like propane cooking, very efficient. Propane heat, Sometimes efficient. It depends on what type of heater you got. We actually did have a um, really big propane heater that was a backup and it was amazing. It was so good and it was so awesome. 
And we loved that thing. It just heated up our house so quick. And it was actually really fuel efficient. We actually had a propane heater in our RV and it was not efficient at all. Like it just sucked propane. (laughs) But this other one, we could run it every single day, you know, multiple times a day. Like it had a little internal thermostat. So it turned on and off by itself, but it would turn, you know, on and off by itself. And it would last about a month, a month on like a, it wasn't a 20 pounder. I think it was like a a 60 pound propane tank. No, not even 60. I think it was like 30 or 40, something like that, but still really efficient. And so there are efficient propane ones if you want to look into that as well. But in a power outage, propane will definitely continue to, to work. It'll work. So, you know, it'll, you know, if you have like an electric, um, oven, stovetop, that kind of thing, it, it will stop working and it lights out. So you will need some sort of alternative or, uh, I had a friend or I do still have a friend. I have a friend (laughs) that, uh, actually just switched out his whole house to do all propane because he didn't, he was experiencing the Texas freeze and he didn't like it. He did not like that. They didn't have power. He didn't like that, that they, they couldn't cook. So they got all, so they got propane totally rewired throughout the house. And it actually wasn't that bad. It was like, I don't know how much it was, but it, I remember it was, it was very budget friendly for sure. Like it really wasn't that bad to switch it all out. And it was like a day project and they got it switched. And I think that, you know, if you can get on propane, or some kind of natural gas, whatever, get on it, seriously. Um, it, it'll be really, really helpful in a lights out situation or just every day. I mean, I, I much prefer to use propane or natural gas. I really don't like you cooking with electric, don't like it. But I am right now currently, it's not my house, but when we do buy another house or property or whatever, it will have propane or natural gas or whatever. <laughs> it will not have electric. Uh, okay, so... And then, of course, there's wood stoves, you know, wood stoves help with your heat. But, you know, you need to either cut down the trees or buy wood and then you chop it and you cut it up and then you bring it inside and you um, maintain the wood stove, that kind of thing. That's all part of off-grid living, if that's the type of off-grid living that you want. Of course, again, you know, propane heat, there's the big propane heaters that you can get, very efficient. But that's something that you will have to factor in, you know, to cost wise of buying the propane and then buying the fuel for your generators or anything else. And so, um, yeah, and then, you know, it really depends on where you live. So like solar does work in the far north. Solar was working even in the winter. It'll work even with your short days because um, you know, there's still sunny days. And as long as you face it a specific, you know, a good direction, you know, south, and then you, um, you know, just make sure that you clear land so that as much sun is getting on the panels as possible, that's ideal. And that's, you know, that's really how it's going to work for you in the, in the far north. And, uh, you know, in the summer, you know, in the far north, you're, you're getting sun all the time so you can pretty much not almost exclusively run at it you know you'll definitely still might need a generator sometimes but uh yeah you could run on that solar pretty good in the summertime um but you know in the south uh solar is like meant to be because i mean just just sun all the time we very rarely had to run our generator but you know we still did and we still stored gas and we had gas around 
Um, we weren't spending that much as we were in Alaska, so it was definitely different. And then there's just all the other work along with it, you know, like how off-grid do you want to be? Are you, you know, wanting to be as self-sufficient as possible? Not totally self-sufficient, but as self-sufficient as possible as in having, you know, a big garden and then preserving your food and then... um, and then having animals and, you know, having like a whole system, having like a, a system where you have the animals and, you know, you might use them for milk or, or, you know, eggs or whatever. And then at the end of their life, you know, you'll butcher them or whatever, or you might raise the meat birds or the meat specific goats or lambs or anything like that. And, you know, but you still want you know, what, what I always wanted to do was to have a cycle, you know, to where I, I always heard that, uh, you know, of people being like, you know what? Yeah, I have a milk goat, but at the end of their, you know, milking or whatever, you know, I can either keep them or I can butcher them. And it's not like a meat specific goat, but you know, that's still meat there that you could get and process and, and have. And so that's totally up to you, of course, and how you want to run your farm, you know, with, uh, you know, you could raise your own cattle, but you may want to also breed them so that you can have a constant supply of the, the cattle, you know, and that's kind of my point, you know, it was constant. I wanted to be constantly breeding animals as well so that we could have our own system so that I wasn't constantly buying chickens or constantly buying cows, constantly buying goats, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, of course, if you want milk, you know, you will be breeding anyway. Um, but yeah, so how off-grid do you want to be? Do you want to be breeding and, you know, butchering all your animals? Do you want to just go hunt? Do you want to fish? You know, do you want to have your own pond with your own fish in it? I mean, I had the, all these ideas and I will bring them to fruition one day for sure. Um, you know, how big of a garden do you want? All this stuff. And, and again, like how off like how off grid do you want to be as in maybe you just want a homestead, but you want to be on the grid for now. And that's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think, again, there's so many misconceptions. You know, I've explained everything at this point in which I've had everything I could ever want. I managed, we managed our own electricity, which meant that if I want to run a a freezer, then I'm going to get more batteries or, a, you know, more solar panels or whatever the case may be, or both. And we're going to provide that energy for ourselves. And there you go. Now I can run that freezer and my fridge and my and charge our computers and, and uh, you know, our phones and and we could still run our KitchenAid and we can have our microwave and we can have a toaster. And we can have all these things, right? You can have everything you, you want. You don't have to just have those manual tools. But I do have those manual tools for the very specific cases of if I cannot use these things, I have these manual tools, you know. And so like, you know, a manual egg beater, you know, things like that. And like, you know, a manual uh, coffee grinder, a manual grain mill, you know, things like that. But you can also have the electrical versions of those things and use them when you're off grid. I did. I, I very rarely use those manual things. And if I did, it was kind of just to experiment with them. But I knew that I had them, which is fine. Now, again, you know, you can be as off grid as you want. You know, don't let anybody tell you that you, 
that you can't have things when you're off grid. You can have whatever you want as long as you provide the energy for them. There you go. That's it. So set up your solar, set up your wind, set up your generators, get all of these things so that you can have whatever energy that, energy that you want and understand that there might be maintenance to these things. You're going to have to clean off the solar panels. You'll have to provide the fuel for these things, for the generators, you know, or the, the sun or, you know, whatever. You're gonna, you can't provide the sun, but you could position things into the sun, right? Um, and then when it's windy, you know, you're just going to have to deal if you can't have the energy or something like that maybe you just want to when we have solar we have solar when we have wind we have wind great and then we can have the energy but when we don't we're going to be using you know we can't watch tv we can't do all this stuff you know we can't do any of these things that's fine you know again if that's how you want to live that's how you want to live and that's totally fine there's no wrong answer to your homesteading journey. There's no wrong answer to your off-grid life. There's no wrong answer to being prepared or to how self-sufficient you want to be. Okay, you can you can be pretty well self-sufficient to a pretty big means, but you know, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, like you're not going to be able to provide parts for your Honda, right? Generator. You're not going to be able to provide parts for your car or your ATV or your snowmobile or whatever, right? You're not going to be able to provide parts for these things. And then like if you have horses and those kind of things, are you going to be able to um, grow your own hay enough, you know, for the whole year or enough to feed your horses, you know, these kinds of things or your goats or whatever, right? Or are you going to have to go buy the hay? You know, it's just things to think about. You know, how are you actually going to feed your animals? Are you going to be able to grow, you know, enough food for your chickens? You know, um, you know, that was a dream of mine too, to be able to grow enough food to be able to make my own chicken food, which is totally possible. You just have to grow that food for your chickens or your pigs or whatever, you know, people do it all the time and you can do that, but sometimes it's mostly supplemental stuff, you know? Um, so, you know, it just depends on the space. It depends on your needs. It depends on your ambition, depends on what you want to do. You're capable. You're capable of doing whatever you want. And I want you to know that. I want you to know that, yes, there's absolutely more work involved in having a homestead and then even more work with an off-grid homestead. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, do not let... Instagram or any or YouTube or anyone else fool you into thinking that it's so easy. It's not. There's a lot of hard work and and it's not that it's hard. It's challenging and there are always challenges. It's like every single day is a new challenge. And, you know, especially if you have to shovel your way out of stuff, you know, if you live in a very north area with snow and stuff and you have to you know, snow shovel a lot, these kinds of things. It's it's always work, you know, you're always feeding that wood stove if that's what you've chosen to do, you know, you're getting propane, you're getting your fuel, you're you're planning for the next year, you know, you're planning for your spring and summer garden. You're you're always doing something. Something's always going on. And uh the last thing that I think you do really want to consider with your homestead or off grid or whatever is how far do you want or need to be from the city? I love being remote. Like I really loved being, we were always about an hour and a half away from a major city. And I loved that. 
but it does take a little bit of planning. You know, like especially if you're building a homestead from scratch, if you have to go get supplies like from Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever other hardware store and the, your closest one is an hour and a half away, you need to plan and make sure that you have all of, you know, a list of all the materials that you need so that you make one trip, get everything that you need and come back. Because it's not like living in the city where it's like, oh, I forgot that. Let me just head to head to Home Depot, right? Real quick, right down the street. It's not like that when you live remote. So, you know, we, we actually were pretty lucky in Alaska. We had um, a little store that was kind of like a little Walmart. <laughs> and uh, it had like a whole bunch of stuff. But he didn't always have everything we needed either. And so... Um, you know, we, again, we always just had to plan. You, you have to be, you have to understand that you really, you can't just be going back and forth, back and forth. That's waste of gas. It's a waste of time. Every time we would head into the city, I mean, the, the day was just shot. You know, we'd head in at nine, you know, it takes an hour and a half to get there. And then we do our shopping and then we have to get something to eat. And then we come back. It's another hour and a half. I mean, by the time we're back, it's like two or three o'clock and the day's just shot. You know, I mean, it's a whole day. So my point is, um, you know, there are advantages and disadvantages, you know, being remote, so quiet, you know, it's such, you know, smaller neighborhoods, you get to know everybody. I love that. And I love just the wide open spaces. And I love um, being remote, you know, I, I love it. And, you know, there's, there's also disadvantages, though, because you're farther from medical care, you are farther from, um, you know, uh, you know, conveniences, all those conveniences. So like, if you do need medical care, it'll probably be, you know, another hour, an hour and a half, there may be towns in between, you know, you and like major cities, which is usually the case, you know, it's pretty hard to go so far out of the way there now and to say that though there are definitely places like in Canada and stuff where it's like you know a couple hours between like major stuff so you know that's something else you have to factor into your off-grid living you know you don't have to live super far away from a city to be off-grid in fact you could probably even be off-grid right in the middle of a city you know people think that they have to be like way far away to live you know off-grid but you really don't and um you know, most places, I think uh, there's still some places that I don't think they make it illegal, but they don't like you not being connected to the grid. Like they'll set you up with a solar system, but then you have to be connected to the grid and you can't even have like, you know, your own batteries and things like that, which I think is wrong in, in my opinion, very wrong. But if you can get a solar setup in the city where you are connected to the grid so that you're not paying and you're still connected to the grid, which is nice, but you also have your whole system with the batteries and the charge controller and inverter and all that stuff so that you can switch. So like if the power goes out, you can just flip a switch basically and go to your power supply, which is nice. That's a good system. That's a really nice system to have, especially in the city or remote or whatever, right? So so I'm telling you all this not to scare you away. I'm telling you all this to give you kind of the reality of off-grid homesteading, off-grid living, that kind of thing. And again, you do not have to choose to be totally so far away. You don't have to choose to be totally off-grid. You don't have to choose to be without any conveniences because 
we still had every convenience that we want wanted. And I, you know, there's no reason you can't. You know, there's certain things that I couldn't do only because I didn't have the energy, you know, the the energy to to supply to those things. Like I couldn't I couldn't supply enough energy to run like my dehydrator. So I, I made a solar dehydrator, which worked really good. I didn't have enough energy to supply to like a freeze dryer, which I can't I can't make my own freeze dryer, but you know, if I ever wanted a freeze dryer off grid, I would have had to be able to supply the energy to run that freeze dryer. So, you know, it's just things like that. You know, whatever you want, you can supply the energy for it. Just figure it out. But it will cost money and it will cost time and it will cost maintenance and all these things. So just keep all that in mind. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. I really appreciate you. And if you have any other questions about living off grid or homesteading or anything, whether it's remote, rural, you know, or in the city, I'm always happy to answer questions. Just head to my website at roguepreparedness.com and you can click the little contact and contact me anytime. I'm also on Instagram, instagram.com slash roguepreparedness. And I am, and I am on YouTube just search rogue preparedness and uh, you'll find me thank you all so much for listening again conquer tomorrow by preparing today i'll talk to you later bye thank you for listening to the rogue preparedness podcast ask questions never stop learning and stay prepared conquer tomorrow by preparing today see you next week